This is the Peers to Peers podcast, powered by The Peers Project. Hello, peers. Welcome to the Peers to Peers podcast. Peers speaking, peers listening. This is a conversation for you. I'm your host, Michelle Akitanor, founder of The Peers Project, millennial entrepreneur, world traveller, podcast expert, and forever your fellow passionate peer. Each week, I invite inspiring millennial entrepreneurs from around the globe to chat with me. No filters, just real talk, peer-to-peer. Together, we unpack what it takes to go your own way and why there's nothing better. As always, thank you for listening. If you enjoy our podcast, please do pass it on. The more peers, the merrier. Rich Edwards. What a brilliant young entrepreneur. So Rich is a CEO and the co-founder of Repairly, the on-demand technology repairer in London that collects your phone or tablet, repairs it, and then returns it within two to three hours. Super convenient. So Repairly is backed by Virgin Media and Techstars and has recently raised its second round of funding. It was featured in the Times and has a five-star Google review rating. I had the absolute pleasure of sitting down and speaking with Rich in London several months ago and learning of his story and his journey to becoming a successful young entrepreneur. Take a listen. Rich, welcome to the Peace Project. Hey. Thanks so much for taking the time to join us. No problem at all. It's great to be here. Perfect. Great. So, you know, I reached out to you on LinkedIn uh, several weeks ago when I stumbled across your profile when searching for millennial entrepreneurs based in London. And what struck me about you um, was the fact that your business, Repairly, is a service that I wish we had back in Melbourne. Um, So for all of our listeners out there, uh, Rich's company is an on-demand technology repair company um, based in London. And essentially, you know, you come, they come to you, they collect your phone or whatever needs repairing, and then they return it to you within two hours or so. Have I got that right, Rich? That is spot on. Oh, perfect. We can go. employ you as our sort of head of, head of PR or something oh. like that. Oh, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> um, perfect. So that's when I knew I had to interview you. Um, but before we deep dive into your business, I just want to start by asking, you know, by asking a question I of, that I've often found to be very insightful and revealing. And that is, where did you grow up? And how has this impacted the choices you've made in your life and in your career so far? Yeah, that is a good question. So I grew up in a, a small town called Hereford, um, which for you know, most people don't actually know where that is, even the people that live here in the UK. So it's on the border of Wales, very small, very rural. So I grew up on a farm. Um, and I actually think it did have quite a big impact on uh, my career and what I'm doing now. Um, I think growing up in a, in a family business, um, you're constantly around business and, you know, my dad's sort of taking me out on business trips in the school holidays and, you know, his friends are talking business when he's over. So naturally you're kind of bought into that world and that kind of gives you a natural insight and a natural kind of interest in it. Um, so f- from there, like ever since my early age, I've kind of been interested in entrepreneurship um, really the farm was a great place it might sound weird but it was a great place to kind of 
test my f sort of first entrepreneur skills and and start doing things it's a great platform for that so like my first kind of memory of I guess doing entrepreneurial type things was I used to um I used to keep chickens <laughs> that's great okay and then and then I used to like sell them to like my teachers and my mum's friends at school so it was like you know probably only like eight or ten years old or something but yeah kind of still selling and and kind of getting uh you know getting sales yeah. <laughs> so. very cool what did your parents think of this you said you know your dad was an entrepreneur himself running the farm and whatnot what did they kind of encourage it or were they you know a bit like oh stop doing that yeah so I think my dad encourages it and then my mum was always sort of oh no not again <laughs> sort of not what what do you want to do this time oh no okay <laughs> yeah. okay fair enough so did that is that what led you to you I guess um, develop an interest in, in business studies? I th I saw that at high school, um, and I think your final year you did yeah you got really really good in business studies. And so, mm. what is that kind of what like sparked that interest in? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Just um, kind of giving various things a go mm. over the years, and then. Yeah, kind of reading books that were just lying around in the house, which were kind of about entrepreneurship and stuff. And then, yeah, I've just always had my my sights set on like running my own business. So I guess it's quite nice to have had that like clear path that I want to take. Um, so yeah, that naturally led me to um, studying like business studies at university and um, kind of going from there. Really, of course, yeah. Okay, really interesting. I think it. I find it. I always find it interesting to know, you know, was it kind of always your end goal or was it, you know, did you stumble into it? But it seems to me that it was definitely your end goal, which, yeah. is, which makes things a lot more clearer for me now looking at what you've done. So I'd love to get into um, your time at uni. So I personally, I've just recently finished my, my studies and, um, you know, obviously, you know, everyone at uni listening, you know, there's lots of societies you can get involved in and whatnot. And I saw that kind of one of the main things that you're involved in um, during your time at, was it at Manchester Uni? Is that yep, correct? That's yeah, that's right, yeah. Um, was the Manchester Entrepreneurs um, Society, I'm, I'm guessing. Mm. Yeah. So talk to me a bit about that experience there. And I guess, what did that teach you about yourself? Yeah. So the Manchester Entrepreneurs Society is basically... Yeah, like a society where they bring together entrepreneurs and put on events, um, sort of create a platform for people to explore entrepreneurship at, at university, basically. Um, <clears throat> so naturally, when I was looking at the list of societies that I could join, this, this one was pretty high up on my list. So I uh, went and joined that um, and yeah, I was sort of a member and then um, started to join the, I guess, like the committee type thing, which is basically like the leadership um, committee of the the society and is great to is a great way of connecting with loads of entrepreneurs many who like I'm, I'm still friends with and see regularly now because we've all gone on to like either run our own businesses or do some interesting things um, so it's a great way to connect with loads of good people it's a great way to um, I guess like experiment um, with like learning different things like putting on events um, and all these types of skills that, you know, come in, come in handy uh, further down the line. So, yeah, overall, it was, it was a great experience to get involved with that. Mm, sure. So just for 
everybody listening, and correct me if I'm wrong, but this was no, this is not a normal university society. When I looked into <laughs> this, I was like, whoa. Um, so I, so it, it's like you, you wrote on your LinkedIn that, um, you know, this society was ranked um, something like, oh, I'm losing it now, but essentially some highlights of your, there we go, Society of, Society was awarded Enterprise Society of the Year and the Best General Society of the Year, um, which is phenomenal throughout <laughs> the UK. And then also you said other highlights were um, creating the UK's biggest Harlem Shake, um, which you said <laughs> went viral, excuse me, um, and ranked up nearly 800,000 views. Talk to me a bit about this um, <laughs> Thing that you did there yeah <laughs> I guess that's why I kind of describe it as a platform um, mm. because you get to do all these sort of things that are quite random but you know kind of makes sense in, in the context of an entrepreneurship society um, so yeah for example the Harlem Shake um, was, it was run by um, a partnership between us and a uh, kind of a, one of the startups of one of the members um, at the time he was kind of like a social media marketing uh, platform which has now gone on to be really really successful actually so social chain there they kind of have this network of um, social media influencers like across the whole world and they can like they can get things trending in the UK in like something like 10 minutes or something because they can just tweet out simultaneously from like a bazillion gajillion people account and then uh, and then get things trending so it's uh yeah, it's kind of that, uh, I guess, that raw creativity that you, that you have at university that is, is really awesome and then, you know, might seem silly at the time. Kind of a Harlem shakes, kind of stupid, but I'm sure that was really useful for the for the guy that was running it, and you know he's gone on to create something phenomenal, really. Mm, so cool. So, what do you think being part of you know this this community where everyone's wanting to create and everyone's wanting to go out there and kind of do the next best thing? What do you think that taught you about yourself as an entrepreneur? And I guess what was like a core skill that you think that you kind of you, you learnt um, during that period there and then obviously continued on to use in your own business. Mm, mm. Yeah, so I, th- I think really it, it taught me uh, kind of a lot about working in a team because nobody in this team was obliged to do anything. Like, nobody was getting paid. Like, no one was there for any other reason other than they kind of wanted to be there. So, it, yeah, talk taught me about kind of working with highly motivated people and, and how like the kind of dif- different motivations that people have can can really affect how they work in a team. Like if somebody's just looking for a tick on their CV badge, like they weren't the best team member, but then if somebody's there because, you know, they, they actually love entrepreneurship and they really believe in just this society, then, um, then it, it, it's really great to have that sort of person on, on board your team. Um, so yeah, great to work with lots of different people, and as I said, yeah, I've kind of kept a lot of connections from there, which has really helped me in, in the future. Mm, for sure. Okay, cool. So I'd love to move along to kind of your one of your um, ventures whilst you at uni. I think it was your final year at uni, um, called Mama's Meals. Mm-hmm. Um, and now <laughs> I'd love to hear about this, um, <laughs> just because. 
myself, obviously I was a student for a while and, you know, it is hard to kind of cook yourself some healthy meals, home to cook, home cooked meals, um, and which is what your business essentially did, bring those home cooked meals to your door. It would have been so much, it would have been so useful. Um, so talk to me a bit about this idea of yours. How did it come about? Um, you know, where did it, where did it go? Yeah. So, um, yeah, mama's meals, healthy meals delivered to your door. <laughs> um, so the, the, the concept came from, you know, basically us missing our mum's cooking and, you know, wanting to, to eat healthy um, or at least wholesome um, and having that kind of at, at a real kind of great price point com- with convenience. So that was where the idea came from. Uh, it was myself and another guy who, who I met through Manchester Entrepreneurs. Um, Yarrow. So we ran that together. Um, we got a little bit of funding from the university um, just to kind of get it off and, and kind of testing. Um, and we partnered with uh, our friend who was setting up a like a social enterprise to um, train up young uh, kind of young people who have maybe f- fallen out of the system or out of employment and kind of get them skilled up. Um, so they were doing the cooking and then we were doing like the delivery, the sales, the everything else bit. So it was kind of a cool little partnership. And, you know, clearly it hasn't become the multi-million pound success that we thought it would when we, uh, when we first started. But um, many lessons taken away from it. And, um, and yeah, now we, now we kind of look back on it and, and laugh. But, it's, uh, but it was a great experience at the time, you know. Of and course. I think university is just this great, like playground that you can have where you can go try these things and you know it's okay if they fail because you still have like your your fallback which is university and kind of your student loan and your um you know it's very like low risk way of just pushing things and and testing things so yeah I I definitely think yeah I almost wish I was more crazy and did more things at uni you know because the the if you fail, there's nothing. Nothing's going to happen, right? You just go back to being a student. student. So. <laughs> Very true. So you said that you learnt a few lessons during that time, that first, I guess, venture. Um, what were those lessons? And yeah, have you have you kind of how have how has learning from them kind of changed the way that you operate now? Mm, mm. So I think there there was definitely like general lessons like about business about kind of managing cash and all these things um but i think some of the kind of more specific lessons that we learn um definitely uh like when you set something up you kind of have the great idea you kind of build everything and then if you just sit there and wait for people to come they're not going to come <laughs> so we learned very fast that we're going to have to go out there and knock on some doors. And that's what we literally did. We sort of went door to door around all the student halls and just kind of had to get everyone signed up because people aren't going to find you. You have to go out and, and really find them. So that, that for us was, uh, you know, something that we really had to, had to uh, learn quite fast. Um, then, yeah, there's lots of things, um, you know, around um, just trying to, when, when we're trying to get it out there, um, really realizing what makes a good business good and understanding that. Um, for, for example, uh, eventually we kind of realized that you know, this isn't going to be the, the business that is going to make 
us into what where we want to go so we we you know shut it down after kind of operating it for a little while um and i think kind of realizing what you want out of the business when you first start it and then seeing if that kind of reflects in you know things like the financial model or uh what the business will be like when you're operating it will you enjoy running this business etc um so for us we basically kind of realized the market size wasn't big enough but no regrets at all because you know we, we learned a ton and, and it was great fun at the end of the day of course of course super cool okay so i'd love to go into um some of your early, early kind of working experiences. So obviously not under your own business name, but kind of out there in, in, the, in the real world, they say. Um, so I guess I've got here that you, you did kind of two summer break kind of internships. Um, one was in marketing, the other was at, at, at a research, in research. Um, talk to me about those experiences there and what they, you know, what they kind of taught you about this real world that everyone talks about, you know, they, at uni, it's always wait till the real world. So what did they teach you? Yeah. About that? Yeah. So I did two internships. One was at a like solar power company. And then the other was at a, I guess you'd describe it as like kind of agricultural structure supplier company. Um, so both were great experiences. Um, I think what they taught me was really about like what I enjoy doing, what I don't enjoy doing. I think a lot of, I hear from a lot of people and actually like my little brother's going through this at the minute. It's kind of like, oh, I don't know what to do when I grow up and I don't know what, you know, I'm going to be good at and I'm not going to be good at. And I think the best advice for that is just, you go out there and you get exposure to as many things as you can. And very, very quickly you work out like, okay, this is the sort of stuff I do like doing. This is the sort of stuff I do not like doing. This is sort of stuff I'm kind of naturally good at. Um, and stuff that I'm not actually good at. Um, so, for example, at the at the like agricultural supply company, I was basically like doing a project to um, like assess a new market whether they should launch this new project product in a new market. Um, and it was quite great because I got to work like fairly directly with the managing director. So, you know, got to like kind of present to him and stuff. Which you know when you're kind of quite young is really pretty cool and then um you know he actually pointed out to me he's like you're actually quite analytical and I was like okay I've always thought I wasn't analytical so I'm like bad at maths but actually the way I solve problems is quite analytical so um that taught me kind of like about how I think and about like my mind and how I approach problem solving um so yeah that's definitely gone on to kind of affect me in later life because you you have more self-awareness of yeah how you tackle problems and things you're good at things you're not of course okay very interesting so you know you said your your younger brother like you know many of our peers out there listening is going through this period where it's like you know what do you want to do and I think it's a level of anxiety that kind of comes up um, when you we kind of discuss this question do you think that you all the experiences that you've had have kind of led you to do what you're supposed to be doing. Like what, like, you know, did you ever feel that level of anxiety and kind of like, Oh no, am I doing the right thing? And if so, how did you kind of combat that? Mm. Uh, I guess I'm somewhat lucky in that I've kind of always had an idea of like where I'm, where I'm going and what I want to do. Um, doesn't mean there hasn't been, 
times when there hasn't been anxiety, um, for sure. But, um, but yeah, I overall have kind of known where I'm going, um, which is good. So, yeah, I think sometimes if you don't know where to go, maybe just, like, pick something and work towards that. And then, like, if, if you realise that that's not the right path, then you can change from there. But it's better to, walk, to be working towards something than kind of standing still and with your hands up in the air and going, ah, oh, I don't know what to do. So, um, yeah, I think always better to be working something. So, yeah. Completely agree. Um, cool. So I'd love to go into now your, I call it the hustle.com saga. <laughs> um, so, you know, you said you always had this end goal of wanting to run your business. So mm. how, talk to us a bit about why you decided to kind of join hustle.com. I think it was just uh, maybe it, couple of years out of uni or two years out of uni or so um because you were there for quite quite a quite a while so talk to us a bit about that yeah so basically um as mama's meals was winding down and i was thinking about what to do next um my friend said that there was a startup um that had been doing well in london and they were looking to go to manchester um so i had been uh I was living in Manchester, so saw that they were coming, so I thought, cool, why not reach out and just say hey and see if they need any help. Um, they said, yes, we would like some help. We can't pay you, but we'd like some help. So <laughs> um, I said, cool, why not? Um, I'll, I'll see what I can do like in my spare hours and, and just started working with them. Um, <clears throat> as they were launching in Manchester, once they raised some money, they, they offered me a position to come on full-time. So I was like, cool, yeah. You know, I've been working with the team. They're really cool. Um, I like what they're doing. Um, and I was quite uniquely positioned in that they were moving to Manchester. I was living in Manchester and knew a lot about Manchester. Um, so basically became kind of like a, what we call like a city launcher for, for them. So it was basically taking their, their business model from, say, London and putting it in Manchester, Birmingham, Leeds, things like that. And it was, it was a really good experience because I got to see the whole side of the business. So I got to see the operations side, so onboarding and, and managing supply through to demand. So like taking the brand and saying like, okay, how do I inject a brand into a city and like make people know that we've arrived and get more customers. Um, and then in the middle, like the strategy side, so building out the, the blueprint for a launch, kind of like the playbook that we would take to subsequent launches and iterate over time. Um, so yeah, real great experience kind of getting getting started with that, that role. Sure, yeah. So talk to us a bit about how you did that. Like, you know, how do you bring a company from London to Manchester or from London to... Birmingham or, you know, wherever, mm. how did you do, and you, you were so young as well, how did you know kind of what to do? Was it a test and trial method or was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess in a startup, you're always given more responsibility than you really should have because <laughs> you're so resource constrained. Um, so that is kind of like a blessing in, in some sense. Um, so Hassle.com is a marketplace where you can find and book a local cleaner for your house. So before launching, I guess, on the demand side, we first had to get the supply side there. So uh, me and uh, my colleague were basically interviewing like lots of cleaners, like uh, sort of loads of cleaners, getting them trained up and ready to go live on the platform once we got them trained up then we were working with the central marketing team to kind of do marketing campaigns so they would handle i guess like core channels so 
doing things like the AdWords and online marketing. And then we'd be doing a lot of the on, on the ground stuff. So um, like local campaigns, local influencer and PR outreach, um, like PR kind of drinks, dinners, and, um, you know, even things like kind of <laughs> dressing up in a purple morph suit and handing out flyers, you know. It's my favorite one. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, we got our hands dirty in everything, which is what you really want when you're young, I think. Okay, love that, right? And so you, you, you know, you quickly, you know, you said that with startups, you're often given more responsibility than, than yeah, you probably should have, but you quickly moved up the chain at this startup. Um, so I think it was perhaps after maybe two years, you were. Um, you moved to London to the London office um, to become, I think it was the part of the the marketing team. Yeah. Um, partnerships and affiliate manager. There you go. And so, talk to us about that move to London. That's quite big, you know. You've always kind of been based more in the north, Manchester and whatnot. Um, talk to us about how you knew it was right to move, and yeah. you know why? Why did you move? Yeah. So, I really wanted to go to London <laughs> like really bad <badly. laughs> so I just knew that everything was happening there and whenever I'd gone down to visit um you know the head office or visit friends down there like everything was like buzzing and everything's so much fun and everyone's like working on really cool things so I knew that there was that kind of gap between London and Manchester Manchester is still great but London was where it was really happening so i kind of got my sights set on London as I've been working quite closely doing these launches with the with the central marketing team down in London um, when a position came up they they offered me the chance to go down there and move down to London so it didn't take me too long to say yes um, and yeah as, as you said I started out in, as like affiliates and partnerships manager so kind of building partnerships with other companies um, but as you know in a startup you you start out doing one thing and before long you've got a whole to-do list of things that weren't on the job description um so that list basically kept on growing and growing until i was managing um you know a lot a lot more channels so everything from some of the online channels such as you know adwords and, and facebook to some of the offline um you know doing things like tv campaigns so it was really great experience to just get my teeth stuck in so many different marketing channels and um be trusted with with them as well and be trusted with budget and that sort of thing of course so how did you find um was it was it as magical as you thought moving to london and living mm. in london that i find interesting how did you find that yeah i guess it feels pretty normal now yeah <laughs> yeah when yeah. when you kind of think back of like kind of how starry-eyed I, I was when i was when i first came down and now it's just normal life yeah um but yeah i th- i think I wouldn't be on the path that I'm on now if I hadn't have made that move to London. Um, I just don't think I would have had so much exposure to so many different companies. Um, I wouldn't have met the people I've met um, if I hadn't have moved to London or, or somewhere like of the same kind of caliber or, or yeah. So it just, it seems to me, I find it interesting. You kind of, it seems to me, you always just throw yourself into these awesome opportunities. <laughs> um, but how, you know, Obviously, it's the, this podcast is about the 20-something-year-old entrepreneur, so you're quite young when you're doing this. So how do you gain that confidence and kind of kind of just, yeah, self-assurance that you know that you can do it and that, you know, for example, with this example, 
you know, you moved to London and into a new position, new city, it was all new. How do you develop, how did you gain that confidence? And do you think it's something that can be developed? Yeah, so I think most of the time I didn't really have that confidence. Um, but um, it's just always been a case of, um, I quite like saying yes and I'm, I guess, like quite open-eyed and, and want to take on new experiences, um, even if I don't know how to do them. So um, often it's a case of me saying yes, then being like, oh God, I don't actually know what to do. Go out, learn how to do it, come back and do it, or go out and fail at it and learn from that. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a case of not having confidence, but still doing it anyway, mm-hmm. I think, um, is the the lesson that I've, I've got from that and yeah. it seems, seems to work pretty well. Yeah, definitely does. Um, so essentially you went on to, and I really want to get into this, um, your, to create your own business, a repairly, which mm. I mentioned earlier in London. So, um, you know, saying yes clearly has worked out well. <laughs> um, I'd love to know, just kind of start right from the start of this idea. So where did the idea come about? Um, you know, what led you to pursue this idea? And how did you know that it was time to do something on your own again? Mm, yeah. So after after leaving Hustle, um, I, I moved on to, to another company very briefly. And at that point, I realized that I've kind of done that before. Um, and I was just going through the same motions again. And it took me no time at all to kind of figure this out. I, I wouldn't say I got bored, but like I kind of got the feeling that I wasn't going as fast as I could have. Um, so at that point, I kind of knew that, like, okay, now I need to, to, to do, go back and do what I kind of originally set out to do. Um, at the time, my, my friend um, was also trying to, trying to start a business, uh, an education business, um, which he wasn't getting traction for. Uh, and at that point we, we kind of got together and we, we, uh, we'd actually worked together uh, on, on one of the internships that we kind of talked about earlier. And, um, we'd always kept in touch and both been entrepreneurially inclined. Um, so at that point, yeah, we kind of got together and, and we, we started like looking for the, the big problems that we, <laughs> that we had in our lives. And, um, we stumbled across the the technology repair industry and realized it's this sleeping giant that's been left back in the 90s um kind of with loads of dodgy corner shops um insurers that speaking kind of weeks and not hours and you know i don't know about you but i couldn't have got here today without my smartphone so sending my phone away for two weeks is is just not cool so we we quickly realized there's something that needs to be done in this industry so let's go and try and do something mm-hmm. Very cool. You know, I always think it's interesting when it, when I looked at your business, natural thought was, oh, he's an engineer or he's got some type of tech engineering background. And then to find out you're like a pure business student entrepreneur really surprised me. And I think that it's definitely something I've seen as a pattern you know, th- through the you know the, the entrepreneurs who I've interviewed. And that, that idea of kind of literally what you said before, going out there and going, this is what I'm passionate about, this is what I want to do, even though I'm, and I'll figure out the how later. Yeah. So I guess, how did you know that you had to tackle this space, even though you may not have had the skills initially? Yeah. So I think um, when, when you see a problem, um, I don't think you should be put off by, I guess, like the things you do or don't know. Um, and that's largely the approach that, that we took here. Um, 
because inevitably we're going to have to learn whatever industry we go into, even if it's one we do know. And I guess not having any like industry specific skill, <laughs> every industry I look at, I don't know what the hell's going on. So, um, yeah, like they're yeah. all equally as <laughs> scary. Of course. Okay, cool. So what were some of the early challenges you faced? I mean, you know, new business, new business partner, new, like this awesome idea, which you wanted to tackle. Mm. What were some of those early challenges? Yeah, I think the early challenges are like when you have so much to do and you're the only person to do it. Um, So literally everything from kind of getting like the basic tech up and running to like actually going out and being the person that's delivering and dropping off phones yourself and you're the one signing up and partner engineers and all of these things. So I think that's that's some of the, the hardest challenge. Um, then I also think like just figuring out really what is it that we're solving here? What is it that the customer actually wants? Um, the model that we settled on now that definitely wasn't the first one um, that was tested. Um, so now we have we basically partner with engineer shops all over London. Um, we then um, have our couriers who will go collect it from the customer, take it to our partner engineers. They'll do the repairs, uh, and then our couriers will take it back. So it's kind of like a like a marketplace model um, where we don't actually own any of the infrastructure or employ any of the engineers or hold any stock. But before that, you know, we were doing things like we'd partner with an engineer and they would go out to the customer and fix it on site. We were doing things like, um, you know, a customer would post a job on board on, on like a kind of board and then the engineers would bid for the like lowest price. And each one of those like had their flaws that, that led to this model. Um, for, so, yeah, just doing lots of like customer and uh, supply development to really figure out what it is that both sides of this uh, kind of marketplace really want um that has resulted in what we're doing now of course so what does this timeline look like so you obviously had it's you said you've got you had several business models that you went through um to get to the one that you're at now how lo- how long are we talking here mm, so we're about two years in at this okay. point yeah yeah. Right. Okay. So, you know, I also, um, I had a look on your, um, obviously, and you have been stalking you for a while. Yeah, it seems like it. Yeah. <laughs> your LinkedIn. Professional um, stalker. Oh, that's, what, that's what they call me. Yeah. <laughs> your LinkedIn. And I saw a, um, a video um, mm. about your team and I found that really interesting. So when did you, you said, obviously it started off with just you and your business partner, but when did you start to realize that, okay, I need to build a team around this? Um, you know, when did that come in? to play yeah it was pretty pretty quickly actually um so we went through um, an accelerator um which gave us the opportunity to not only get loads of mentorship office space etc but you know they gave us a little bit of cash as well which allowed us to bring in people into areas where we know that we couldn't do so for example we had uh nobody that could do tech in the business like nobody was a developer or anything like that so um that was like one of the first people to bring bring in somebody to like build what we're doing um and then from there yeah we just kind of plugged people in as we as we saw fit so kind of trying to elevate ourselves out of like um you know so let's not spend all our time delivering phones now let's get somebody to do that and we'll focus on the most important things so we can always be focused on the the biggest problem possible in the business did you um, did 
these people come in as interns or did you pay them? Were they on salaries? Like, how did that work? Yeah, so pretty much everyone's been, um, like, hires. So they've been employed. Um, we have had, you know, interns. Um, so one great example was a guy called Mustafa. So he reached out um, last summer um, and he basically said, you know, I'm on my university break. Um, can I come in um, and do some development work for you guys. And we were like, yeah. yeah <laughs> of sure. Of course you can. <laughs> yeah. um, so he was actually pretty smart. So he, okay. he came in not wanting a salary. He's like, you know, I'll do it for free, da, da, da. And he came in, really proved his value, was a really good guy, both at doing his work and just like generally to have around the office. And then he was, and then he asked for like, you know, you guys, could you, you know, if there's any spare budget, would you mind, you know, it'd be great to get some pay so then we brought him on so um yeah kind of came in proved his value and then and then we obviously wanted to keep him so Mm, sure very smart so everyone listening intern number one (laughs) um very very cool okay um so i'd love to get into another one of your videos that i've watched (laughs) um so it was about how to get investment Mm. and I found this really interesting because, um, so essentially uh, for everybody listening, the video was um, of you and your business, of uh, Rich and his business partner um, about to head into an interview for a VC. Um, And so I found this interesting because, you know, often when you think, okay, I'm about to go meet with someone really important, you know, maybe you're going for an interview, maybe you're going to meet a VC, maybe, you know, whatever it is, um, a coffee date with a partner, Um, you know, it's often, you know, sometimes we, we kind of almost belittle ourselves and just kind of go, oh, you know, I'll just kind of agree with everything they say and and go along with what's what's going on so that they like me. But I found it really interesting, the approach that you guys took. And I think it's something that we can all learn learn from. And, you know, you said before you walked in to, to the, um, the meeting that, you know, we want to, we're here essentially to assess, um, to assess this VC as much as they're here to assess us, you know, are they the right fit for us? Have they had, you know, invested in similar business businesses to ours, you know, um, and whatnot? And so I guess my question to you would be, once again, it's around this idea of like confidence and self-assurance and what you're doing. How, how did this, you know, how did that develop for you going into, you know, going into presenting your business to, to VCs and whatnot. How do you know, how did you know that you have to kind of assess them as well as them assessing you? Yeah. So I think, um, whenever you're going into like a deal making or like selling situation, the one with the most to lose, um, will always lose the negotiation. So you kind of have to go in with the attitude of like, we don't, we don't need this VC and the less you need them, the more they want you. So, um, it's kind of like that natural, like, like human, I guess, psychological flaw that we have is like we want the things that we can't have. Um, so having having kind of that in your mind, um, and yeah, quite rightly, if we're going to give away part of our company, we want to make sure that we're giving it away to somebody that you know can meet the criteria that we want, like somebody that can support us, somebody that um, is not going to be uh, you know uh, you know, bad person on our, on our board or bad, uh, kind of person to, to work with. So, um, yeah, quite rightly, I think we need to, you need to keep in mind that, you know, 
they need you as much as you need them and it's like a two-way relationship you're not kind of going there begging for money um because yeah that just gives off i guess bad vibes right mm, so. for sure very cool um and so i want to talk about uh, before we kind of wrap up i want to talk a bit about um the the investments you've had the funding you've had so um you know in, in that video of yours you said you had your first round of funding end of last year um it was something like 265,000 um, pounds, which is quite a substantial amount. <laughs> um, and then I, I saw that you're, you were looking at doing your la- second round uh, end of this year. So how has that gone for you and kind of where are you at now? Yeah, yeah. So we did our, our first round. Um, so that was mainly um, like angel investors from here in London. Um, so yeah, I think your, your first one's always kind of the hardest because you're you know, you're getting people to be the first people to put a bet on you, really. So, um, yeah, that was definitely hard. And now we're, yeah, as you mentioned, kind of going through another round now. Um, so this one will be a little bit larger um, and is is equally as tough work um, and is really it really does take you out of the business. So I've had a lot of time, I guess, not doing businessy stuff and just out meeting with investors um, and things like that. So it's, um, it's, it is very time consuming and of course stressful mm-hmm. because you're working to a deadline and, and all of these things. Mm, sure. Well, look, I can only, you know, imagine that you guys are going to get there. Um, <laughs> Fingers crossed. Oh, 100%. What you've done so far has literally been phenomenal. Um, so I just want to take a moment to appreciate the awesome work that you've done and that you're doing. Um, you know, it's clear that you're making a true impact in this in this world of ours, which is is just awesome to see. And you know, I am so excited to see where your business goes in the future. Thank you. And hopefully, you'll expand to Melbourne at yeah, some next point. Stop. <laughs> yes, that's it. Um, perfect. So that brings me to um, my second last question, which is. What is it like to be a young entrepreneur who is on their own time, who's heading up their own team and who's making a real difference in this world? Mm. What does that feel like for you? So two primary emotions. <laughs> One is like complete stress <laughs> and the other is complete reward. <laughs> so um, it's the two sides of the coin, really. Like I spend most of my life, um, you know, feeling some form of kind of like stress or anxiety. Um, but then it feels so rewarding at the same time. So it's kind of like, you know, having to go through all of that pain to like feel that reward of like the personal growth and the growth of your business and, and to be able to actually do something. I don't think you can really do something important without, you know, going through a lot of pain for it. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, those are the two, mm. two <laughs> motions that spring to mind. <laughs> of course. Um, Perfect. So I'd love to finish off with um, one last question, which is how we finish all of our interviews here at the Pierce Project. And that is, what do you think is the value of pursuing what you're most passionate about? Oh, deep question. (laughs) I like it. What is the value? Um, So for me, um, I find entrepreneurship um, two things. So I think it's a great way of, I think it's the biggest path that you can take to develop yourself as a person in such a short amount of time. Um, 
because it just because it's so hard that you have to develop and you have to step up otherwise you know you're just going to fail so ultimately that is the the best path i think to take in terms of like yeah developing yourself and then the second is it's also the best tool to create change within the world that you want to see um because you have full control of that change that you're that you're making you know you can work on the things you want tackle the problem that you want to tackle um so yeah i think those two things uh really really it yeah great well thanks so much rich i really appreciate you coming in today and um yeah just this conversation has been so (laughs) thought-provoking as i thought it would be um so where can people learn more about you and repairly yeah so repairly repairly.co.uk um for me um i don't do the social media thing too much like i should (laughs) like my personal brand should be out there um but i guess i occasionally do a, a twitter um so uh it's rich edwards i think at it's rich edwards perfect and for thanks so much and for everybody listening we will end with that peers that's a wrap thank you for tuning in to the latest episode of the peers to peers podcast we hope you've enjoyed your introduction to our latest guest peer and that you find them as gung-ho as we do, which is our way of saying inspirational. For more, make sure to subscribe to our show on iTunes, Spotify, or any app where podcasts are played, and leave us a review. We produce with passion, and it doesn't stop here. To see what else we're up to, visit thepeersproject.com or follow us on Instagram at the Peers Project. We'll have fresh, real talk for you next week, Peers. Until then, if you need inspiration, look amongst your peers. <laughs>